All right. Welcome. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year now. Like you went to your village to go and do something. <laughs> okay, so um, this is um the fourth Sunday, right? Well, four weeks have gone already. So this is the fourth Sunday of our series, Conversations About the Soul. Conversations About the Soul. So um, we would continue, but before... What we're discussing today is... Um, what are we discussing today again? The birth of human civilizations. Please let me shut this. Birth of human civilizations. So I'll just do a recap of um, the past three Sundays. Um Okay, we started with um, discussing about the origin of man, right? And like I said, this is a series leading on to what we're going to discuss in the month of November, our conclave, right? So, um, we said we're talking about the origin of man, you know, how man came about, how the Spirit of God came in contact with the body of man, and he became a living soul. So that means that a third entity came into being as a result of that reaction, Right? And so, we also said that um, um, man was originally designed to be led, right? Man was originally, the way he was designed, he was designed to be occupied by something greater than him, right? So that's why God designed the human spirit to be a one-bedroom flat. It's supposed to, one person is supposed to occupy it, you know. But now we said that the human spirit is not the Holy Spirit, it is just the human spirit. The way you have angels that are spirits, they are not the Holy Spirit, but they are angels, they are spirits, they are different kinds of spirits. So ours was a human spirit. And the way God designed the human spirit is such that the human spirit can interface with God, right? So the, the, the human spirit was designed to fellowship with God, receive instruction from God, and then execute it on the earth. And we discussed about the soul of man being the authentication center. We said that, right? Yes, we said that the soul of man was the authentication center, meaning that whatever that man received from the spirit or from any external source, he was going to, it was in his soul that he's going to approve of that particular idea or that instruction, meaning that man can receive an instruction from God and decide not to execute it because he was created with a will, right? So we said that how it happens is when he receives the information in his mind, he thinks about it. He deliberates about it with his will. When he makes a choice, his emotions move towards it. And when his emotions move towards that decision, his body acts on it. You see that, right? And so we also explain how that, um, what happened to the soul of man when he, when man fell. We explain the process of the fall. How that it was the soul of man that authenticated that instruction. And that Eve was deceived, but Adam, in the full light of knowledge, he decided to disobey God, right? And then he fell. And when he fell, what happened to his spirit was that his spirit died. Now, his spirit was still there, but it was no longer responsive to God. You know, like when somebody is in coma. So the life that was in his human spirit that made him responsive to God was no longer there. He left. So the spirit was still there, but it was comatose. But at the fall of man, something else filled that spirit, and that was the influence of Satan over his life. Right, so, and in spite of the fact that he still had the influence of Satan, right, he still had his will, you know. But because Satan is a is a wicked spirit, he he tries to force him, 
he uses different means just to force him get him to do you know what you know he wanted him to do but at the end of the day man was alienated from god right and like we said whenever you take away something from its source it dies right and so we now talked about um the rise of mammon i i took my time to explain that explain that the strategy that the devil used in deceiving eve the operating system is called mammon right and that is simply about profiting through a dishonest means a cunning strategy which we saw in the temptation of eve right and so that mammon is not necessarily about money yes you know it's but it's about the strategy you go about getting the things that you need and we explained it so for those who who are online who didn't who didn't listen they can go back and listen to um they can go back and listen to that mammon series so today we want to talk about the birth of human civilization and it's important that we established mammon as an operating system that man embraced being the operating system of satan in this world right and so we want to see how human civilizations came about right so what we are doing in essence is we are studying the book of genesis if you notice we've been going like that and our last topic for october is the testament of the 12 tribes is in we're going to stop at genesis 49 that's where it ends so i'm trying to just run through genesis you know maybe next year we'll go deeper into this these topics that we talked about we'll go deeper into them as a series on their own and all that right so we talk about the birth of human civilization but then before i talk about start talking about the birth of human civilization i would like to say one two i'd like to say two things number one is the humanity we see today was not the original humanity the humanity when you say someone is humane that humaneness when you say someone is kind is morally upright without the spirit of god is not the original humanity that's why jesus said if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much my father in heaven that means that even evil people can do good things but the emphasis for god is not the good things you did is where did it come from what was the influence that led to that good deed because sometimes when you analyze it you realize that even some good deeds are laced with selfish reasons and i explained i even gave an example right i even gave an example i gave an example of how i gave her something because i didn't want to trek have you I, I, so what i what i so the point is that in our fallen human state our best is filthy the emphasis is where is this coming from So you see Jesus attacking the Pharisees, you know. Now the Pharisees, on the outside, the Pharisees, they pray. They look pious. But God is telling them, outside you look decorated, but inside you are full of dead men's bones. That means that what is inspiring that action is not of God. And anything that is inspired outside the Spirit of God is filthy in the eyes of God, right? So we, we demonstrated that man by himself is helpless and that the best that man would want to do is not good in itself the only person who is good is god right so humanity as we see it now is not the original humanity it was not the original humanity right but jesus came to show us a new way to be human 
and we'll see it in the life of Jesus. Maybe one of these days we're going to talk, we're going to be doing the New Humanity Project. It will be a teaching series, the New Humanity Project, and it will be about how Jesus demonstrated the, the, the new humanity, what it was supposed to be like. And we find, we find in Scripture that the operating system of that new humanity is love. The old man, his operating system is mammon, selfishness, dishonest gain. Do you understand? So the old humanity was corrupted. It was corrupted to the point that even God could not do anything, could not renovate or revive that old humanity. So God had to sentence that old humanity to death. So that's why the solution is not behavior modification. The solution is new birth. So, but as we go in this series, we'll now see why the gospel is important and why Jesus had to come and die, right? And the second thing I wanted to say before we get into the birth of human civilization is there's something, there's a concept known as treason. You've heard of the word treason, right? Treason. How many of you have watched V for Vendetta? You've not watched it. I'm going to be selecting movies that you will be watching so that when I'm giving some examples, because I found out that there are certain examples you want to give, you need a reference to. Well, now, treason simply means betrayal, right? Betrayal. But the context within which that betrayal is discussed when you're discussing treason is the fact that, number one, there was loyalty present in the first place. And that loyalty is not just loyalty to a person, it's loyalty to an authority. Right? So, treason talks about betraying authority. So, for example, let me say, um, let me say a king has an advisor, right? An advisor that is very close to him, who knows who the king, con- the king confides in. The king tells him everything. The king tells him his battle strategies and all that. And then, only for us in the process of the movie to realize that that his advisor is working with the enemy. You've watched movies like that. Yeah. Right? So, that, in that case, it's called high treason because you betrayed the trust of the highest power in that state. Now, there's this man known as Benedict Arnold. He's, he's the poster face for treason in the U.S. So during the American Revolutionary War, when the Americans were fighting for their independence from British forces, now Benedict Arnold was the major general, and General Washington, Washington trusted him and you know, promoted him to that place. It was, it was after a long time that they realized that Benedict Arnold was working for the British. Or rather, he defected at some point. And so, I think they caught him. No, they, no, they caught somebody who was working with his name was Andre. They caught him and they hung Andre. But by the time they could apprehend Benedict, he had fled back to, Brit- Brit- to Britain. Right? right. So they received him and made him... I think they made him... I've forgotten what they made him, but they made him a very high-ranking officer in the British Army. So... The, the, the heartbreaking thing about this is that Benedict knew the battle plans of the U.S. He knew the battle plans. He knew the strongholds. He knew everything. And, you know, that's to show you how bad treason is. It's not that he just defected, but he's called high treason because he was high ranking. So he knew stuff that a lot of other soldiers under his command did not know. 
So that was high treason. Right? So to also to also further explain what this high treason really is, because it's okay, so I just want you to imagine, for example, maybe a father has a son and you know they have a company. Of course the the man has grown his company from scratch and his plan is to you know hand over the company to the to the child to the son and after many years the son knows everything about the company the nooks and the crimes and all that and of course um the man has competitors in the in the business field unknowing to the father the son always goes to the competitor to tell them of his father's plans and then the bad the bad part of it is that the father knows that the son is doing this and so when the now this is just i'm just giving an example and do, then when the father what, confronted him about it he joined the other company now the painful part of this is that this is your biological son someone you planned someone you've made an heir over this company so what else do you want i've made you the heir over this company and you still took my secrets and you sold my company to the enemy and then the company has crashed because of you now that is that is you're beginning to see the weight of what treason is now let me take it even further you are married to someone and everything is fine in the marriage and all of a sudden maybe a friend of yours that your spouse met through you starts having an affair and even plan and they're planning to facilitate your divorce so that they can get, get married together now so it's as though you are living with the enemy and i mean you are safe in the arms of that person and you don't know that that person with your friend is planning to move in together. Now, this is what adultery is. That's what it means. That's, that's what high treason is. That is why sometimes in scripture you see God putting adultery and idolatry side by side because running after other gods is high treason. So you see somebody you shared intimacy with, sharing intimacy with another person who is supposedly your trusted friend. It's, people can die out of that shock. I hope you know. It's because I imagine how can all the things I've shared with you, you are sharing with this other person, and you've been sharing with this person all this while that we've been together. That thing can devastate the mind of a man. Now, a lot of people think that God is unfeeling. Whatever you feel, multiply it by a million times. That's what God feels. So when Adam, in the full light of knowledge, handed over the sovereignty to satan that was how god felt betrayed so what adam committed was high treason and it's called high treason because what god gave adam was a kingdom and god was the monarch and he was the under ruler and god gave him a lease and said you're going to lead, lead this i'm going to do this project with me for a while and then Adam knew what he was doing. That's the point. He knew. 
you know, we talked about it in the second, the second Sunday, that Eve was deceived, but Adam knew. Even when Eve came to Adam, Adam would have shut it down, but he still, in the full light of knowledge, did it. That's high treason. Right? So, but we begin to see the Father's heart in all these things. In spite of that high treason, in spite of that betrayal, God still came after him. God still sought to save him, even with that hurt in his heart. It's because the Bible, the, the, the angels were wondering, what is man that you are mindful of him? I mean, you created everything and you made him directly under you, meaning that, you know, the angels were created to serve man. So in the hierarchy of things, when you see God, you see man, then you see other created things. Angels were wondering, this fickle being, I mean, we, are, we excel in strength. We are spirit beings, essentially. We can, in one distance, wipe out this mankind. But you made him a little lower than you. And crowned him with honor and with glory. And he took that thing and gave it to God's enemy. Now the implication of that is very deep, but that's not what we are. That's not why we are here. But I, I'm I'm trying to say this so we can understand the gravity of what man did. So it was a kingdom that God was building. Now, bear this in mind: it was a building project. Hmm? But then that spirit that deceived him had his own building project in mind. Right? So. <laughs> oh god all right so we see you know the fall of man in genesis chapter 3 and you know god had to chase him out of the garden but then that's not our focus for today our focus is in chapter 4 because i want us to see how human civilization was built right so we're going to take it one by one. And I, I want to say, I want to say two things here. I want to say something here. Um, I want to say because it's important, it will be important in the discussion. There's something you need to understand about the ancient times. Even, even today, it's still applicable, right? It's still applicable. Now, naming. The art of naming eh, is a strategy of or a strategy for dominion. Naming. We see that the first assignment that Adam executed in his dominion mandate was to name all the animals. Now, there's something very important about this naming here. Now, let me, let me point, point this out. There's something very important about this naming. Now, we may be tempted to think that the art of naming is, is a frivolous affair. I mean, and that names are insignificant, but not with God. Now, you see, because for Adam to have named those animals, there are certain things you need to understand that went on with the naming of an animal. Because when God brought the animal to, or whatever being to, Adam, Adam set his eyes upon that animal, Right? And in looking at that animal, he discerned 
the functions of that animal without having a conversation with God. So we see that in naming, discernment is in play there. So Adam looked at that animal and saw the functions of that animal and named that animal according to what he saw, according to the functions that he saw and the prophecy or, or let me put it, the pattern that that animal was supposed to live out. Are you getting this? So in naming a thing, you are naming that thing based on its function and the prophecy is going to fulfill. Are you getting this? Now we see discernment, we see knowledge, and we see the exercise of dominion in the art of naming. And also in that art of naming, we also see we also see his prophetic, his prophetic ability, his prophetic ability. We saw priesthood. And we saw fatherhood because it's, it's fatherhood that gives identity to a thing. So Adam was able to give identity to those beings just by the process of naming. So naming is not an ordinary thing. Naming is a strategy for dominion. And that is why when colonial masters come, they are looking for names to change. Have you watched 12 Years a Slave or The Birth of a Nation? Which one do people used to watch? Anime. You need to watch all those movies. So when those colonial masters take over a stronghold, when they find maybe the chieftain, and if they can, if they can subdue him, they will give him a, a new name in their language. Because if you come to a land and name a land, the way they came to Lagos and named it Lagos, because Lagos is not the name of this land. It is the name of a place in Portugal. So we are answering the name. So that means what, what they are trying to do by that naming is to align Lagos with the culture of that place that they came from. So naming eh, is, a, is a dominant strategy. Is this clear? Good. So as we go, as we do this study, we'll see you know, what happened you know, with the naming thing and all that. And you notice also that when you name a thing, when you name a thing, you are naming... You are, you are declaring an error or a reality that is present or that is coming. When you name a thing, you are declaring an error or a reality that is present or is coming. So names are prophecies. You see that when Jesus was born, the angel said, and he shall be called what? Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. So we see that naming is the art of prophesying. Now, I want you to also note that the devil did not have a strategy on his own. He just, what he just does is he looks at what God does and he uses it for his, own, for, his, for his own strategy. So he sees that God exercises dominion over spirits, over things by naming them. So he adopted that strategy and we'll begin to see how that worked out here. Right? Good. So now, in Genesis chapter 4, I'll read. The Bible says that now Adam slept with his wife Eve. Remember that Adam at the, at the point named his wife Eve because he saw that she would be the mother of all living things. She's going to be the one through which, through whom humanity will come from. So he named her Eve, meaning life, life giver. So that was the prophecy of what she was going to fulfill on the earth. So you see that naming is a dominion strategy. That's clear, right? So now Adam slept with his wife Eve and she became pregnant 
when the time came she gave birth to Cain and she said now in those days they named their children according to the circumstance or the prophecy or what they want to see so it's either they are naming that child based on the circumstances surrounding their birth or the prophecy they've seen that that child will fulfill for example my uncle was telling me that when i was born my grandfather named me ochi ediki <laughs> means warrior of old he said because he looked at me and saw according to him the disposition of a warrior so he named me so even in cultures today they do all those things right so and when the time came she gave birth to cain and she said with the lord's help i have brought forth a man in other translation it means i have acquired a man so cain means i have acquired right so we see that naming thing here right based on the circumstance right so the bible says that later she gave birth to a second son and named him abel now when they grew up abel became a shepherd while came cain was a farmer right and at harvest time cain brought to the lord a gift of his farm produce while abel brought several choice lambs from the best of his flock now let, let me just comment on this i'll just be commenting on it as we go so it seems to me here that there was some sort of ritual or institution of giving gifts and offering to the lord even after the fall of man maybe they saw it from their parents and so because originally adam and eve they were they were supposed to tend and keep the garden so they were basically gardeners farmers and since they were also managing the livestock they were all you could call them shepherds so basically they were farmers and shepherds and gardeners right so we see here that they were this together but in giving birth to children you now see those responsibilities splitting so cain chose farming abel chose shepherding now when we begin to talk about family structures i will not be i will not begin to see how that every family is supposed to have a trade and that is why in the jewish culture once you do your bar mitzvah they'll ask you school or trade a family has a trade that was why jesus his family trade was what carpentry right so we see that cain chose farming and abel chose be, um, being a shepherd and all that and so we see from the tone of the conversation that you know usually it's like they used to bring gifts and offerings to god just you know i think it was something that you know they saw their parents do and they started doing it so they chose to you know focus on one particular trade right one particular trade to learn it and become good at it right now this is very important right then now so when they now did that the bible says that then the lord accepted now pay attention to this the lord accepted abel and his offering but the lord did not accept cain and his offering this made cain very angry and dejected now the principle we see here is that god is not really concerned about sacrifice god accepts a person before his gifts do you see this so the bible says that god the lord accepted abel and his offering but did not accept cain and his offering this made cain very angry and dejected right and i, I think this is also a prophecy to, to the fact that god god prefers relationship to sacrifice 
right? God prefers relationships to be fine, your relationship with him to be okay, than what you are sacrificing. If your relationship with him is fine, then we can talk about all those other things. That is why Jesus said in the New Testament that if you bring a gift to an altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, drop your gift on the altar. Go and fix that relationship. Because to God, relationship is very important. Is it because the reason why God created man in the first place is God needed relationship. God needed fellowship. Is this clear so far? So, relationship mattered to God more than sacrifice, right? But, you know, so the Bible says that God accepted Abel and his offering, but did not accept Cain and his offering. Now, we won't get into why God accepted Abel and didn't accept Cain. That is not, you know, the subject of conversation. But the Lord asked him, why are you so angry? The Lord asked him, why do you look so dejected? Now, the Bible said... Jesus, uh, God was still telling him, you will be accepted. Now, this gives us... Now, this is the New Living Translation. This gives us an insight into why Cain was not accepted in the first place. Remember, what did we say the last time, last week, that was God's main... That is God's main, main concern in man? His heart. Right? So... Why are you angry? The Lord asked him. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you respond the right way. But if you, res- if you refuse to respond correctly, then watch out. I'll stop there. Now, Cain's anger reflected the state of his heart. There was pride in it. The wrong attitude. And attitude means the way you respond to stuff. Worship also means your response. Right? So we see that the reason why God did not even accept Cain was that his heart was not right. Now we don't have the details into why his heart was not right. But we just see here that his heart was not right. N- let me use another word. He was not sincere. See, because man was in a fallen state. But at least, man could at least be what? Sincere. Right? So we see that God accepted the person of Abel. Meaning Abel was, was sincere. But Cain was not sincere. And we see why this guy was not sincere. His heart was not right. Right? His heart was not right. And so now God, and God pointed out that the reason why he was angry is because his heart was not right. Now, let's pay attention to this. And then he now said, But if you refuse to respond correctly, then watch out. Sin is waiting to attack and destroy you, but you must subdue it. Now, this, I'll pause here for a bit and you know, we'll make a conversation here. Remember that we said that when man fell, he came under the influence of a wicked spirit. Right? But we also said that in spite of the fact that man had fallen, he had handed over the sovereignty. What actually happened is that Adam was the god of this world, but he handed over the legal papers to Satan. So Satan was legally the god of this world. But at the same time, and he was alienated from God, but the faculties of his soul were still functional. Right? The devil can come and proposition you, and you can still refuse. Although, because man was under sin, his body could, could have been afflicted by Satan. But still, man can still choose not to obey Satan. But he was, his spirit was dead already. The deal had been done. But the faculties of his soul were still functional. And the devil, right, could still manipulate his faculties. But at the same time, man would still make his choice. 
So the way that the devil will manipulate the faculties of a fallen man is by deceiving him. Because he will still have to make a choice, right? And I also suspect... So what we see here is that sin... Now, sin here, I want you to... Sin here, I want you to picture this sin here as, a, as an entity, as a being. Not an act. The sin here, sin is waiting to attack you. He's talking about an influence, a spiritual influence. It's just like maybe I'm sitting down here and somebody standing on that door watching me. Right? The person standing on that door just puts out his head, his head a little bit and is watching me, watching my movement to look at the, the right time to strike. So what we see here is that, of course, man was under the siege of sin, but what that being called sin did was it was always looking for opportunities to attack. Right? So now God was simply telling Cain that see, this your anger as a result of your the state of your heart, right? Is giving sin, is giving sin, is going to give sin an opportunity to influence you. So watch out. That entity is hovering around you. And the fact that you are even angry in the first place is a door, an opportunity that you're opening for this spirit. So watch out. And you see that God is very much involved with you know, men. Even after they fell, God was still interested in them because he had a plan of salvation for them. So, But he was telling him, watch out though. You will soon make a mistake. Don't let this thing have influence over you. Sin is waiting to attack and destroy you, but and you must subdue it. So God pointed to the fact that there was what a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle hovering around his head. And that he needs to what guard his mind. If not, this thing would have its way and destroy him. So we see in the later verses that Cain did not listen to what God said. Right? Cain did not listen to what God said. Just pay attention. So what we see here is that there was a spiritual influence called sin, which is Satan, trying to... So what I see here is that the same way that Satan came to Eve to proposition Eve was the same way Satan was looking for an opportunity to proposition Cain. Now, in spite of the fact that he was the God of this world, he still needed to proposition man. Man still needed to agree to whatever he wanted. Are you paying attention? Right? It's just that at this point, man no longer had God in his spirit. So, I mean, even if he makes the wrong decision, he will not know. So we see that I suspect that Satan was also stalking Cain to look for an opportunity. See, because remember the prophecy that God gave, that the seed of this woman is going to bruise your seed. So Satan heard it. So the moment Satan heard it, what he now tried to do is, I'm going to see if I can poach one to my side so that I can disrupt the plan of God to bring a savior from this lineage. Are you seeing that? So we see that because God had his plan through the family system, Satan also had his plan. So from what we see, well, it's as though that Abel had already decided, well, to follow God, well, in spite of the fact that they had fallen, but he, he had made the decision to what? Follow God. But Cain was still undecided. And so Satan saw that opportunity. I need somebody in this family. 
I need a representative in this family. Just the same way God wants a representative in every family, this devil also wants a representative in every family. And the reason is because whatever God is building in that family and through that family, the devil wants to hijack it and pervert it. Are you following? Just the same way God created two people, he found a loophole through one person to enter. So that's the same strategy that the devil uses. He's always looking for somebody who will answer his questions so that he can have a representative in that family. Are you following this? This is very important, right? So so we see here, now although it's not written explicitly, but when you study it very well, you see that Satan was hovering around this guy. Sin was waiting to attack him, looking for an opportunity to make him a representative. And so in verse 8, we now see, the Bible says, that later Cain suggested to his brother Abel, let's go out into the fields. And while they were there, Cain attacked and killed his brother. Now, now, the distance between verse 7 and verse 8 took a long time, I believe. So what we see here is that Cain nurtured the resentment in his heart. Why? Because God accepted Abel. And now God tried to call his attention to this matter. God even tried to show him that Abel was not his problem. You see, because see the thing, Cain was thinking that Abel was his problem, that probably if Abel was not accepted, he would have been accepted. You see this same mnemonic strategy of trying to rise by bringing people down. So God was simply trying to point out to him that Abel is not your problem. Is it because he was already nurturing resentment in his heart? How can this guy offering be accepted and mine was not accepted? So he was thinking that Abel was his problem. And God was trying to point out to him that, see, Abel is not the problem. There is a spirit that is trying to gain access into your heart. Watch out. Are you following this? But Cain, the apostle and the lead pastor of Coconut Head Ministries, decided, I don't listen. He didn't listen to what God said. And you see the mercy and the heart of the father. He came to warn him, see, I can see better than you can. Something is about to happen. But Cain didn't listen to him. Cain nurtured that resentment for a long time. So, he went from anger to resentment, from resentment to envy. And then, what we now see here is what? Deception. Because the Bible says that later Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. Let's hang out for a few drinks. Let's grab some drinks. <laughs> now, now pay attention. It's not going to the fields. Is it bad? It's not bad. But the question is, who is asking? You know, sometimes eh, people proposition you without you knowing that you are actually negotiating for your life. I've heard stories of ladies who got raped because they decided they agreed to hang out and so they went to hang out and their drinks were spiked and that was when it happened now using this scriptural understanding look at that guy for the guy for example who taught it in his heart to spike the drink of that lady and most times you realize that this is somebody in their circle that they knew or somebody you know a friend of someone they knew that they trusted and so maybe the lady probably agreed to go because hmm, I trust. And that guy, not the, the devil, incubated on his heart that idea. 
and now let me let me let me let my imagination run wide. Let me say maybe that lady, there's something that God is trying to do in her life, and the devil sees it. And I I don't want you to take for granted that the devil actually monitors believers, the children of God. He likes to monitor. So he sees what God is doing in your life. And he, he now sees, he says, I know that your weakness is a certain kind of guy or a certain kind of girl. Let me see if I have an apostle that looks like that. A messenger I can send and put that idea in their head. And you take it for granted. No, you think it just happens. No, see, I told you ideas come from spirits. If it's a human idea, it's come from, it came from your human spirit and ideas can come from Satan or God. And see, when you, when you understand the spiritual realm, you know that there is nothing like coincidence. And so, the devil is shading you from this side and says, I know that this is what you fall for. Let me go and look for somebody who has these traits. And then brings the person. You know, people just meet. Maybe you are walking to lecture hall. He's coming. And the, the way he did this in the movies, he hits his book. <laughs> he falls down. And then as you are picking it, your eyes jam. And then, love at first sight. <laughs> And then he sees the right things because the devil knows what you like to hear. He sees the right things. He looks the right way. He smells nice. And your senses are taken. Now your spirit is doing palm, 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 run, run. But the whole situation, and because you are used to watching Telemundo, Z-Word and the rest, you've been anticipating such encounters. Eh? Yes, you've, you've, been, you've been anticipating such encounters and when it now happened, it now looks as if, oh my God, I think I'm off air. All right. And it now looks as if, um, you know, this was a movie. It was a movie that happened and all that and then your senses are taken and it happened. So we see here that, you see, Cain employed deception here. Let's go out into the fields. Now, he didn't mean well. Maybe maybe before now, right? They used to go out into the fields. Because, I mean, you're a farmer and you're a shepherd. So, it's, they have the possibility of you guys going into the field together. Farming the same field is almost 90%. So, this day, he said to him, let's go out into the field. But, this request was different because there was an intention in his heart. There was something he wanted to accomplish. And that thing was put there. That idea was implanted there by that wicked spirit. Are you following this? Now, we see the actions of Cain following an influence. Because Cain offered his heart as what? An altar for whatever. Because he let anger and resentment develop and all that. And then he started hating his brother. And God tried to intervene. God tried to do an intervention for him, telling him that Abel is not your problem. It is your heart. But he didn't listen. And then that idea came and he nurtured it for a long time. And probably, you know, he studied his brother, studied, studied his brother too. And said, let's go out into the field. And then while they were there, some translation says, and while they talked, he attacked him and killed him. Now, I'd like you to... The Bible is a very intelligent presentation. Now, see, the Bible says that Cain attacked and killed his brother. Hmm? Now, what Cain did was a manifestation of something that has already happened in his heart. What is that thing? Remember God told him, 
what sin is waiting to attack and destroy you so that means that sin had attacked and subdued Cain hmm? and had entrenched that idea in Cain so Cain now manifested it the same thing attack and destroy do you see this so the idea that the spirit brought to Cain is attack and destroy because the first thing the spirit did to Cain was to attack and destroy how did he attack ideas imagination if you don't kill this boy he will keep stealing your shine he's even the second son you are the firstborn and you know that firstborns are supposed to receive double portion of inheritance if this boy keeps going like this they will prefer him to you that's how, how, how do you think spiritual attacks happen thoughts Pum. barrage of thoughts barrage of thoughts and king and in fact it was in now looked as though it was real because as those thoughts are coming in my pictures are building in his mind in in Cain's mind right so now remember the protocol he started thinking about those thoughts right so the spirit was supplying him with thoughts or more you go carry last for this family you go okay see god is already rejecting you there's nothing you ever do in this family that is appreciated every little thing and see you are a farmer you always bring food for them to eat and all that eh? how, how long will it take for abel to nurture this thing and kill how many times will he even kill animal for us but you farm you bring corn you bring cassava you bring this one you bring this one you bring money you bring this one and yet god rejected you and Cain is thinking about this thing. This is true. This is true. And if, 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 if it's in modern times, the devil will inspire somebody to come and tell you, oh, my, they need to appreciate you for that house. They need to appreciate you. You need to, you need to do something. They, 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 know, they know rate you. Right? And you feel that this person is on your side. Cain felt that this is true. And you know the funny thing? He thought it was his thoughts. He didn't know that there was a spirit that was supplying him. And that's the mistake most people make. They think that all their thoughts are their thoughts. Let me tell you the truth. Some of the thoughts you think eh, is the voice of your parents, whether good, bad, or ugly. Some of it are the voice of your friends. Some of it are yours. Some of it are the books you read, the movies you watch, and the music you listen to. Some are God. Some are the, some are the devil. So it takes discernment to separate and say, this one is not my own. So in studying the character of God, you can discern the voice of Satan. So what Cain was supposed to do was what? Reject those thoughts. But he entertained them in his mind. And then he was left with two options. Kill or do something else to regain the acceptance, the love that I deserve. And so when he deliberated it, he saw that if I take Abel out of the way, I have the love all to myself. I have the acceptance. So God will have nobody to offer anything to him again. So you have to depend on me. Me, 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 me. But God was trying to tell him, it's not about you. If you do right, you'll be accepted. But this Satan's strategy is to make you feel, feel as if it's all about you. See, see, see the way that person looked at you person doesn't like you yes and then you now begin to see things it happens to all of us even the best of us 
But it's when you know, know the strategy of the devil, you can now command. Because, see, let me, let me tell you this. The solution to those thoughts is to speak. Speak the opposite. Command that thought to get away. Or speak the, or declare the opposite. In fact, if you find thoughts of you hating somebody, start praying for the person. Start de- declaring that you love the person and that God should bless them. And all. that's how to fight this battle. If you keep quiet and being like this, mm. the intensity, you notice that the intensity will just envelop you. And it's as if you are in a world of your own. Nobody cares. See, I'm, I'm not telling you something I've not dealt with. Eh? I even give myself a Greek name. The translation means misunderstood. Nobody understands me. Yes, I've dealt with such things. It's the devil. And as you're doing it, they're saying, I'm find the flame, find the flame. Bring more, bring more. Call that, call that friend, that friend of, that his friend that he believes so much. Put something in his mouth. Find the flame, I'm find. And let me tell you something. Let me give you this graphic illustration. When you are thinking negative, depressing, wicked, hateful thoughts, your head is like a chimney. It sends out incense. But any negative thoughts you give forth, it gives forth, it's like black smoke. It has a, a particular dark color. So now they don't know what you are thinking, but through that thing that is, that is coming out from your being, they can sense this one is thinking depressed, the, um, um, depressed thoughts or sad thoughts. Fan the flame, fan the flame. Tell her to go and listen to one sad song. Let's fan it. Let's fan it. Don't go to church. Don't don't go to that place where people will reassure you. Don't just go there. Just do this. So when when they see you. Beaming with that aura, that negative aura, they were like, "We don't they get this one? We are fan, 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 fan." They would, they would, they would, they would somebody who is in their payroll, without knowing, to annoy you and say something that you are thinking, and you are like, I, "I was right. This is what they think about me." Now you are struggling with depression, and somebody is still talking down at you. Sin is attacking you and trying to get the best of your mind. Now, when you think positive thoughts, or let me not say positive thoughts, no, not positive thoughts. When you think the word of God, light beams out of you and they avoid you. So the more you think the word of God, the more you declare the word of God, light begins to beam out of your inside and begins to flow out. And they can't they start to they start to hover around to find a way. Once they see that it's consistent, they stay away from you for a while. That was what happened in the temptation of Jesus. You'll be like, Omo, there's no road, in road, see fire everywhere. See, Omo, let's leave him for a, a while. Now, the devil is not really afraid of that, but from a distance, he can be trying to throw in some things just so that you can entertain his thoughts. But we see that Cain entertained that thought. And remember I said, exactly what that spirit did in him, attack and destroy, was what he now what manifested on the outside i want you to take note of this and i just said what he manifested on the outside was already what was accomplished inside of him what that spirit accomplished through a process of time accomplished inside of him because this genesis chapter 4 it didn't happen in one day is a process of what time even the bible says in verse 2 when they grew up so it took a lot of time for this thing to happen so you see that the devil can actually have a 50-year plan for you. Back to back, just milestones. Set it here, set it here, set it here, set it here. That is why sometimes when we pray, we're actually dealing with certain roadblocks that the devil has put for us. I'm telling you, 
when the devil senses that there's something about you, and let me tell you, those wise men that came to worship Jesus, that saw his star, and saw that this was the star of a king, they were not Christians, though. they were not Jews, they were astrologers, they were magicians. Yeah, so they can actually see that you have a bright destiny. And so when the devil sees that light came out of this, this family, something, somebody has been born with a great destiny, go and investigate. That's what he does. Okay, this one has been born with that child. We can see from his start that there is a prophetic calling upon his life. Let us set some things on his path. 50 years down the line, so that we waste his time. What the devil wants to do is to waste your time. Waste your time. You just keep going around circles. Waste your time. Right? So we see that the structure that the spirit built in Cain was what he now what manifested on the outside. Do we see that? So the actions that he manifested was already accomplished in him. You see that, right? So like I said, you know, some, some questions people ask you, it's not, it's not about that it's bad, but who is asking? What is their intention? Sometimes they don't even know that they are being used. Some people are being used, but they don't know. That is why I'm very particular about people who are not careful about choosing the people they call friends. You will notice that period in your life you want to get serious with God. That that one particular friend is coming back. Say, now nah, fun, I don't see. Mm-hmm. Hook up now. Let me tell you something. People come. Why are people laughing? Does it sound familiar? <laughs> see, let me tell you. And is that time now? Say, Lord, I I mean you now. Your ex will call. Oh, I miss you. I miss you. Let's see now. And you'll be like, okay, okay. Let me tell you. People come with atmospheres. And when they come with their atmosphere, because your own is not that strong, there will be a displacement. You will traffic some of the one they came with. And you will not be under the weight of that particular atmosphere. You are struggling with it. You now begin to struggle with some thoughts. Something happened one period. Ah, God. You see, it's good to have discernment. Let me even be sure this is. It's good to have discernment. Right? It's very good to have discernment. No. Now, this lady... We're in the same environment that day. And I don't know how it happened, but I think it's just discernment. I was sitting down somewhere, and I noticed that, you know, she wanted to go out. We're in the same building. She wanted to go out. And I don't know how to explain this, but let me try to explain, explain like this. I saw a certain disposition in her walking step. I, I just looked at her with, with the corner of my eye. She was walking out. She was like, I'm coming. Let me go and see someone. In that split second, I saw a disposition in her walking step. And the moment I saw that with the corner of my eye, an atmosphere came upon me. Now, it was not a good one. An atmosphere from her landed on me the moment I noticed it. And in, in a split second, I saw what was going to happen where she was going. I saw it. I asked her, where are you going? She said that she wanted to go and see a friend. Something, in fact, I described it this way. I wielded a scepter. I don't, I don't know whether you get what I'm I wielded a scepter. And I told her, will you, will you get inside? I, I just, I've never spoken to her like that before. But I said, well, my friend, will you get inside? She just banged the door and entered back. Later. 
And then I asked her, where were you going? She said that her ex called her, that he misses her and wants to see her. I told her, this would have happened if you went there. She was like, she, she knows. You get. So in that moment, I saw, I saw, see, let, let, me, let me say this. Atmospheres can be transferred through conversations, either face-to-face or even phone call or text. You can read the text of somebody and what, see, the weight of what they are thinking comes upon you. You start to feel a certain way. You've not thought about it. That there are certain people you talk to, you begin to feel it a certain way. There are certain conversations, there's a way they will talk to you. You will not, now they typed it as a text, but you get the message, you get the vibe. Is it true or is it false? Now, once you get that vibe, that thing has landed on you. And what that thing is doing is engineering you to fulfill whatever is in that person's intention. Listen, there is no distance in the realm of the spirit. So as long as as you think it, you can communicate it through conversations. Even texting or calls or even face to face. And let me tell you something. I don't know whether it's particular to me, but you, I can see there is a way a person's there is a person there is a there is a way a person's footsteps will change. I can tell the atmosphere that has come upon them. Sometimes I see people walking like skeleton, and it's as if they are walking towards their death. And that was the way I saw her walk that day. I was like, this one is walking to like a lamb to a slaughter. I say, will you get back? And for some reason, she listened to me. So, see, see, eh? If you read the book of the Proverbs, Proverbs seven, Solomon was talking about the immoral woman. If you read that, if you read that scripture very, that's not what we are talking about. But you would see, you would see the disposition of someone even in the way they walk, in the in their walk. But okay, let me not get into that. This one is getting to this thing. But the point is that don't take for granted that there is a spiritual realm overarching this this physical one. And that there is constantly a tussle for which spirit will have the upper hand over the heart of man. And listen, once a spirit is involved, it's not just because of that action, there is a kingdom they are trying to build through your actions. So our actions form building blocks to this kingdom or to that kingdom. And I said that there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. So you see that because the devil wanted to build his own kingdom, he was looking for an apostle he will send. And through the actions and the words of that apostle, he can build his own what civilization. Through what? His thoughts and his actions. And we see the first sample. He tried it out. Let's, let's attack and this, let's... let's, let's um, infuse violence and murderous thoughts into Cain. Let's see if he's going to act it out. So they were watching. The moment he acted it out, he was like, we got this one. This is our first apostle. So let God be busy building his own kingdom. We are going to build our own kingdom and we are going to build it faster. So we see the devil trying to, to, to thwart God's strategy or God's plan to build a kingdom. On this earth are you following this so in every family lineage he's looking for an apostle a representative an evangelist a pastor a teacher 
The same way you have in the kingdom of God, the devil has his own. So as God is anointing people, the devil is anointing people. So this was blood. Mother was Cain's anointing service. Like we got this one. We now have an apostle. We ordain you the apostle of our new civilization. And we'll see it. We're not even done. We're not even started. Ah, I need to finish by 5 or 5.30. But let's keep going. Is this clear so far? So we see here that God had a plan to build his own civilization. And when I say civilization, let me put it in very simple terms. God wants to build a kingdom. He wants to build a society, a community of people. And that community suggests that there is a way they are going to arrange themselves. There is a way they are going to live their life. There are certain cultures that they are going to imbibe because it came from me. Right? So God wanted to arrange it the way he wanted, the way he planned. So that they can enjoy his glory. The devil said, no, I want you people to also enjoy my glory. I have my own plan. So he looked at what God wanted to do. He's like, let's replicate this. But whatever God does, we'll do the opposite. So if God is, is, um, is if, God, if God's value is peace, we will introduce war. So as God is gunning for peace, we are gunning for war. As God is gunning for safety, we are gunning for violence. So everything that the devil wanted to build as a civilization was opposite of what God wanted to build. So he, 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 he tried out this one and he successfully recruited him. And so Cain became the first apostle of that satanic civilization. And we will now see the proceedings, right? So in verse 9, afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I put tired already. Eh? Okay. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother Abel? And the funny thing about God is, God will just ask you a question that he knows the answer to. Now, but listen, when God asks you, asks you a question, he's not looking for an answer. He wants you to, to, to examine the state of your own heart. Because when God is dealing with a man, he's dealing with you based on your heart. So God doesn't ask questions because he wants the answer. He knows the answer. He wants you to evaluate the state of your own heart. I don't know. And now see that same Cain's problem. Attitude problem. We see that Cain had a very reckless and bad attitude. He said, I don't know. Am I supposed to keep track of him wherever he goes? See that reckless attitude. I mean, God came to you when you were nurturing it in your heart. You answered him anyhow. God came to you after you did it. You still answered him anyhow. So there was no repentance in the heart of Cain. Cain was gone. Cain was already taken. But see, God still hoped that this guy would repent. And you would have been surprised if Cain repented. God might have forgiven him and this would not have happened. But Cain had gone. And so, but the Lord said, what have you done? You see that God knew the answer, but he just wanted to. He said, listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And I thank God for adding this to the story. Because from this, God gave us a little peephole to see into the fact that blood could speak. And that the fact that somebody ceases to exist on this plane doesn't mean that they no longer exist. They still exist. 
so so that and i think that god put this here so that when jesus comes and dies we could still when he tells us that his blood speaks better things than the blood of abel we'll be like yes the blood of abel spoke so the blood of jesus speaks better things for us so god gives us in this scripture a little window to see the power of sacrifice the power of blood the power of shedding blood are you seeing this so in the midst of all these things god is still winning you know but low-key and now that is the beauty of this whole thing as the devil is building you see at the end of the day god will still win <laughs> so god uses this opportunity to show us the power of sacrifice of blood of even human blood so that when his son his son comes to die will understand the efficacy of that blood but that's not the discussion for today and god said to him you are hereby banished from the ground you have defiled with your brother's blood no longer will it yield abundant crops for you no matter how hard you work now i want you to notice something i want you to notice the progression of evil here the progression of evil and the progression of its consequences remember that when man fell he didn't shed any blood but god said curse the ground for your sake god was telling him the obvious consequence of his action but god told him that you would um you would work on it but you will sweat before you get something out of it and tons and tissues it will bring for you right so we now see the advancement of evil now it went from disobeying god to murdering a human life so we see how evil declined a step further human nature declined a step further from disobedience to what to murder so anytime you give the devil an inch he will take a mile do you see that so they went from disobedience to what to murder and that even that now amplified the consequence of the already existing consequence what did god now say he said it will no longer yield abundant crops for you no matter how hard you work so we see as evil increased what happened the consequences increased not that god was cursing up and down no god was stating the fact that what the consequences of your actions had increased do you see this so we see a decline in human nature so from disobedience to murder it's just a matter of time before other things come out of it which was the devil's plan are we following this god told him from now on you will be a homeless fugitive on the earth constantly wandering from place to place does that sound like to and fro so that means that Cain came into the full expression of that spirit that was guiding him he became a wanderer to and fro so what you see here is that that spirit that is luring you away from god is trying to build his disposition into you he's trying to build his kingdom in you so that you build his kingdom through your words and your actions on the earth so we see that this was what the climax cain had become a wanderer like that spirit that that is a wanderer so we see how this the civilization of that spirit grows into thoughts and actions in the in the man right so cain became the embodiment of that spirit that governed him as seen in wandering now this to and fro is opposed to god's strategy which is what 
which is what we said it last last week rest so we see that instead of becoming the embodiment of god's spirit which is rest he became the embodiment of that spirit which is to and fro so we see the progression of influence from thoughts to actions to actually becoming an embodiment of that spirit and this was when cain carried the scepter of that spirit and became the messenger of that spirit and we now see further that Cain replied, my punishment is too great for me to bear. Look at the attitude. His attitude was still declining. See, if you notice that your attitude is becoming bad, the devil is he's telling you, come over, Dijon. Come over, Dijon. He's trying to, he's trying to, come on, come over, Dijon. He's trying to, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> he's trying to lock you into a disposition. He's trying to lock you into something. Lock lock the key break the locks and throw it into the bottomless that's what he's trying to do he's trying to get men into the place where they become perverted and unsavable that's his plan so we see that what cain's disposition was declining his attitude was even becoming worse and god was trying to show him his need for mercy but he wasn't agreeing if he wants to agree the spirit will say Come on, buddy. Come on. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Would harass him even more. And tighten, harden his heart even more. Why? Just so that that spirit can build his own what? His own civilization. His own system. You see, because when God created, he arranged. That is what is called cosmos. The arrangement and ordering of things. So God had a particular order of things that he created in Genesis 1 and 2. The way the world system was supposed to work. But the devil wanted his own world system. And he found an apostle. So with this man, he can now build his own cosmos in God's own cosmos. Do you get it? So God had his arrangement of things, but the devil wanted to have his own arrangement of things. Now, this world system, God's world system is supposed to operate by rest. This one is supposed to operate by mammon, to and fro, deception, violence, get-rich-quick scheme, MMM. Yes, things like that. Do you, do you get the point? So we see the devil trying to build a parallel world system alongside god's own if you if you read the parable of the sower you see you know if you read it you see that god was saying that as as god as the man planted the seed the enemy came and planted thorns so as god planted the world system the devil planted his own inside cain and pay attention to this god's strategy for building civilization is what the family system built on what the marriage the marriage system the marriage between the man and his wife are you getting this good so the devil needed to do the same so he needed a man who will give birth to children who are already who will be trained in that order is this clear so far good so we see that the devil succeeded in getting his own apostle his own king priest his own priest king his own royal priesthood, an unholy nation, a pec- an unpeculiar generation. Oh my God. Are you seeing this? Good. So, his attitude even became even denser and they were rejoiced no more. We have apostle now. You know, 
And the Bible says, and you banished me from my land and my presence and your presence, and you have made me a wandering fugitive. All who see me will try to kill me. The Lord replied, they will not kill you. I don't want to dwell on this. I don't want to dwell on this. Okay. Okay, so but what we see here is that you know Cain was complaining, no more they will kill me. You know, because you know his um the punishment was too great for him and he has made me a wanderer and all that. And we also see the heart of God manifested in this case. And now apart from the heart of God, we also see the justice of God. And I'm going to take time to explain it a little bit. He said to him, They will not kill you. He said, For I will give seven times your punishment to anyone who does. Then the Lord put his mark on Cain to warn anyone who might try to kill him. Now, let me let me stop here for a while. Now, pay attention. There are two things here. We also see the mercy of the Father in action. And at the same time, we see the justice of God. Now, what is the justice of God here? Now, what Cain was trying to say is that I know that I've done something and it will be it is in the nature of man to seek revenge. Are you paying attention? So that means that when people see me, you killed Cain. And I want to tell you that at, as at this time, eh, it was not only Adam, Eve, and Cain that was in the world, though. If we get to chapter 5, you will see that Adam had other sons and daughters. And they had spread across the place. People are, are saying, where did Cain find his wife? He's one of his sisters. Are you paying attention? So, Cain was saying, they will kill me. When, when they hear it, they say, you killed her, her brother. <laughs> we'll kill you back. Are you getting this? There were people, they had spread. They had spread. He had given birth to many children and all that, right? They had spread. But see, remember that I said during the conclave that this story, God was not interested in telling us the history of everybody. He narrowed it down to the story he wanted to tell. So he took the elements, the people that were important. It's possible that there was, there was a sibling of uh, Cain called um, Tuberu. But, <laughs> but, that was, sorry. <laughs> no, the, Eh? But the point is that for this particular story, maybe other stories we will hear to be around top and Bulu and the rest. I don't think there was a name like that. <laughs> so, but the point is that there were other people there, but they were not relevant to this particular story. They were doing other things. Other things was happening. God was interfacing with them, but God was interested in telling this particular story, right? So we see that Cain. So God now said, no, they won't punish you. Now we also see the mercy of God and then we see the justice of God. How do we see the justice of God here? The justice system of God. Now, what God was trying to stop here was to kill the seed of revenge. Because God knows that revenge begets revenge. That if they go on this revenge mission, they wipe themselves out. Have you watched all those movies? This one killed this one's parents. This one now killed this one back. No, now kill this one. They keep going pa, pa, up and down until they wipe out the whole. Because God knows that. That's why God said, Vengeance is mine. I know how to settle the two parties and kill the seed of revenge. Because once you've planted the seed of revenge, it will grow. So we see the mercy of God in preserving his life and also stop the justice of God in saying, I'll be responsible for judging you. Let, let us stop the seed of revenge here. Because the pattern of revenge is 1777. We'll see it here. So that means that sevenfold punishment will come upon somebody who revenges, and seven seven will come upon the person who avenged the, uh, the revenge, whatever. 
who revenge the revenge. You get it? And it's not be 400 and something against that 40. So you see how exponential revenge is. That is why when somebody offends you and you can't seem to reconcile, take them to God. I've done it before. It works like fire. It works like fire, I'm telling you. And it's more satisfying to see God settle the thing. And you know the funny thing? God loves them too. God will not kill them. Or fire will not burn them. No. God will, how God will show his mercy on them is that they will see the error of their ways and they will repent. And they will no, they will no longer be able to perpetrate those things. And that's how God, and, and that's how God, that's how God does it. That's why when you see sometimes all these Muslims that kill Christians, God still wants them saved. You now hear that ah, this one now gave his life and now became a pastor. God is, the, just, the system has, God has satisfied that system because I'm going to now use you and win souls. Look at Saul. Saul killed Stephen. And God said, Stephen's anointing will come upon you. You will win more. Because if Paul was not there, it's Stephen that would have done what Saul would have done. So God's justice system is okay. Don't try to revenge. They kill the Christian. Don't worry. The anointing of that one will come upon you and you, you will win more souls for me than this one ever did. That's why God always wins. His system is the best. But we still see the, the devil still trying to struggle. Although the devil's system looks fast. That's why if you accept the devil, it's as if you start getting rich very quick. Like things begin to happen because this present world system is his own. We will get there on how it developed. But I want to establish to you that there was a spirit sponsoring that building project. Is this clear? It was not just king. It was a spirit telling them what to do. Because spirits are intelligent. They'll tell you, this is how to do it. This is how to do it. Okay. Oh yeah. Legion, come. Let's do meeting. There is a generation in Nigeria we want to influence. Who can we use? Who can we inspire in the night time to sing a song called Josopi? So that... Okay, now he's in prison. Now, let him get to prison. Okay, he now sees people masturbating. He now hears the sound. So, we are going to give him an inspiration for a sound that will stir up a certain... You know... <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's true. It's true. Let's anoint him. Have you heard the story of Victor Waifu? Guitar boy. Have you heard the story? This one, he didn't hide it. Now, consider the number of people hiding their own. He said he was, he was a graphic designer in Lagos. He was frustrated with his life. So he went to Babbage and he was just tired. He took his guitar and he started playing and singing. A spirit from the water came to him. And he became afraid. The spirit said, don't be afraid. And anointed him and said, he should go and sing. I've forgotten the detail of the story, but that spirit anointed. Don't you know Victor Waifu? Don't you know the story? Media guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you heard the story? His mommy water song. If you see mommy water, don't run. It was his spirit. Where did the sound come from? It was his spirit. And the spirit told him what to do. The way you're playing the guitar, set it on fire. Oh, you've not heard the story? Oh, God. The same way you, you are speaking in tongues and the Lord inspires you with a sound. That's the same way the devil does his own. Yes. So, that's why you, if you hear those sounds, it evokes something in you. It evokes something, a particular feeling. That's why you can be playing a, a secular song, the one that has been drenched in demonic activities, that has been treated, so that when it goes, it will be treating your head like that. 
when you play it and I play gospel, you will notice the difference in atmosphere. To be honest, I'm not trying to say down, down, and all these things. I'm not trying to say that. But I'm trying to tell you that, see, nothing is neutral in this world. Nothing. Even songs, words, poetry, none of them is neutral. Nothing is neutral, though. Okay. Please, people don't online. Am I, I hope they are still hearing me, but I will assume that they are hearing me. Right? There's nothing neutral. I'm not trying to tell you not to enjoy your life, but... <laughs> so, let's inspire this guy. So they inspire him. And he sings a song. And you see crowds vibing to that song. Let me tell you what happens when people vibe to that song. Spirits enter into people through vibrations. Did you know this? True sound. Yes. So, but those those vibrations are in frequencies. When the frequency of that sound is in the plane of that spirit, that spirit can enter through it. Is it that it? See, so when when you have those vibrations around you, that spirit can come into your atmosphere to speak to you or to drop thoughts so spirits are communicated through vibrations words are vibrations right sounds vibration they are on different levels now do you know that there's 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 this particular dog whistle if they blow it you won't hear any sound but the dog will hear it is a vibe is a frequency so spirits flow in vibrations the higher it goes the more wicked they you you meet that's why in, even in god's kingdom the higher you go the more glory you see is in vibrations what was i saying i was talking about joseph so we see god's justice system and now what happens is pay attention to this because this is very important so spirits come with policies spirits come with laws and those policies and laws they come with when executed by men give the spirit legal access into that territory or into the heart of that person for example if you if you i'm sure you must know this if you read the stories of all these old gods and all these things you will notice that some of those laws gods have their laws don't eat yam at I don't, I don't know. There is this particular one. You can't, you can't eat a particular food at a particular time at a particular day. You know they have those laws and policies. And if you do it, you will run mad. For example, some of those their priests they will tell you if you are entering their shrine, enter with your back. So spirits have policies and laws. Now, when you ex- agree and execute those policies and laws, you are giving them legal rights because man, you can see man has. The, the legal the, the legal passport that any being has on this earth is a human body. So the best strategy a spirit has is to look for somebody with a human body that would agree to their policies and their laws. So spirits come with their laws. They come with their policies. Do you see this? So how do they execute their policies and laws? How do they get it to become culture? They look for somebody who can sing it, who can write it, who can act it, who can execute it, who can even 
pass it into law in the house of assembly they're always looking for an apostle somewhere and once they now pass it as a law and that law is binding that spirit has illegal ground that legal ground is what is called an altar because it was on that it was that was that was an encounter that brought about that policy right so once i have a group of people who will accept this thing by and so you know sometimes we say we are, we are, we are singing the song listen the original the original plan the original function of speaking is creation the original purpose of speaking is to create whether you are speaking in a conversation speaking in a song or making some sort of utterance or arguing or saying something the original purpose of speaking is to create and we see that when god wanted to create he did what he spoke so when you are vibing to those songs when you are quoting those things you are creating the reality of that thing in your consciousness that is why in see in our faith we don't we don't confess negative things we don't confess what the word of god has not said in fact even when you sin the bible says you should you should say what god has done to that sin you should say god has taken away my sin he has forgiven my sins because if you can say to god god i stole you i lie you i did all this one you are you are you are creating it in your consciousness and once you have a sin consciousness you would naturally execute those things i know i'm not perfect though we all and you will always not be perfect now yes i know we are hum- humans but and god knows our state but see this thing may sound like blasphemy but even when you are making that mistake you should say i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus sin has no dominion over me even if you just finish telling a lie even while telling a lie it is the system of god for you to say the realities you want etched in your consciousness because anything that is etched in your consciousness will become your reality so no matter what is happening in your life even if you're a chain smoker as you are smoking it you say i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus sin has no dominion over me that's god's strategy to get you to break the power of that habit over your life never say that you are this the inhabitants of zion shall not say i am sick even if you feel the symptom say i'm healed i'm well that is the strategy but if the devil can get i'm oh, just say you vibe it and oh and as you are doing how many of you have has watched sister nun is this sister warrior nun oh god you would see how spirits gain access to certain places those are good illustrations I'm going to recommend certain movies. So nev- from today, if you feel the symptom, say the opposite. Because as you are saying it, you are building a kingdom. You are either building Zion or you are building Babylon. You remember what I said about tongues the last time? Oh, yes. We build Zion by tongues. We build Babylon by tongues. But what kind of thing are you saying? True songs, true sounds, true conversations even that is why the bible said in malachi and when those who feared the lord talked to each other the lord opened the book of remembrance even your speech your conversation builds an atmosphere over you 
Okay. <laughs> this is clear, right? So we see the justice system of God in you know what he said to King. So the Bible says in 16, so Cain left the Lord's presence. Oh my. Cain did what? Cain, Cain left the Lord's presence and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Now that Nod means wandering. Means wandering. Now it is very key for us to note that Cain left the presence of God. So we see how his attitude declined over time. So he was no longer responsive to God. So he left God's presence. Hmm? He left God's presence. So God was no longer that confrontational inf- or that influence, that spirit trying to tell him this thing you are doing is bad though. So he now dwelt in a place where God no longer had access to him. You see how that you can be doing something over time, your conscience become numb towards that thing. Even when you do it, you don't feel bad. You've traveled to the land of Cain, Nod. You see, because as long as your conscience is still alive, God still can reach you. That is why a good preacher will tell you, no matter what you've done, if you've done it, just rush immediately and, and tell the Lord you are sorry. To keep your conscience alive because as long as your conscience is alive the spirit of god will be striving with you to convict you of that particular mistake and to bring you into his purposes but the devil's plan is to get you to have a reckless attitude towards god i beg if you're a good god why did you not why did you give us this kind of but all this kind of wala that we're going through all this temptation everywhere can't you just help us is the devil trying to convince you that your god is a bad god do you know that the devil is not an atheist? The devil knows that there is a God and he believes. He knows there is a God. But he will go and be telling those people there is no God. Isn't it funny? Eh? The spirit that is deceiving you knows there is a God. But tells you there is no God. Eh? <laughs> And then you will sit down with scientific facts that sound good and you are arguing and the spirit is saying, yes, you're a stupid boy, but we, we see God, but you know, get sense. We we'll use, we'll use you to do something in this life. Yes. They, they, the Bible says they believe and they tremble. They tremble. At the knowledge of God, they tremble. But you, he's telling you that Leave that thing. Pray to the universe. <laughs> eh? You don't know. Okay. Let me not. Let me not go outside my scope today. Right. So, so we see that Cain left where God could no longer reach him. So he had been sealed as what? As an apostle of Satan. And then Cain's wife became pregnant. So we see here that Cain actually took one of his sisters. And went to start a civilization because he couldn't have started a civilization without giving birth to human beings. So we see that the family system is very pivotal to the building of any kingdom. And that is why the devil viciously, in a very vile way, attacks marriages and families. 
Hmm? You see some of the things I posted in my WhatsApp the other day. Uh, even the term father, mother, uncle, aunt, they are even trying to to classify it as offensive words. That a time may come if you tell your child I'm your father, you're gonna report you to touch police for offending the state. We see an attack on fatherhood, we see an attack on the family system, and we think it's just woke. It is a kingdom that is being built by those policies that are being passed into law. You see why the devil is very interested in politics and business? He's very vicious about it. Because a politician that he has trained in the wilderness can come tomorrow and say, you know what? You're going to pay oxygen tax. They're going to pay tax for every oxygen you breathe in. Let me tell you, with this climate change that is happening, very soon they may start taxing oxygen. Mark my words. See, be that taxing water. Is it their own? Is it not natural resource? In some places, they tax water. Water tax and all those things. So very soon, it will be air. These are policies of spirits to bring men to their knees. So that they worship the God of this world. Remember that when Satan came to the devil, he offered him bread. Turn these stones to bread now. Yeah. You see what's going on? So let's keep on talking about Cain. I wanted to say Cain, my guy, but it's not my guy. (laughs) So Cain's wife became pregnant. So we see here that the story zooms into Cain's family. So we see that the, the building of a civilization is dependent on the family system. And that family system, the, the kind of family system it will be, will be dependent on the kind of spirit that influences the man and or the woman. So we see here that the spirit pioneering Cain's move is what? Is the devil, is Satan. Right? And so we see the next target, Cain's children. Right, so he gave birth to a wife and named him Enoch. Then, when Cain founded the city, he named it after Enoch, his son. So we see that even before those ones who are even managing to follow God, even thought of even building a bacha, Cain had built a city. So I want to say this: that let me quickly say this. Oh my God! Okay, how did I? I said, having riches and influence is not a sign that God is with you. Because Cain built a city before Adam did. Cain already had an estate. Ikoi. Ikoi and Leki VI. He's, he has already built it. And know that this 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 is not happened the next day. It's a matter of it was over a period of time. So Cain had built a city. Somebody supposedly who is not born again who is rejected by god but he's still balling <laughs> so i mean i'm balling and you are still entering bike eh? hoping let me help your life <laughs> sorry <laughs> eh? so we see that evil spreads very fast the influence of evil spreads very fast now but however if god is with you you will not lack any good thing and then there will be no sorrow but the thing with the devils this thing is that there will be sorrow attached to it 
but you will ball very fast. You will ball very fast. Your life will change. And your Christ, that your Christian friend will still be entering by his tie one side, his trouser one side. He's still trying to make ends meet. And God is saying, I'm going to make your name great. And he say, Lord, see my friend. And God is saying, I'm going to make your name great. And the devil is saying, see, that your God. What is he promising? You see my guy. He just bought. And, and you know, when they come, they usually come with, I just closed the deal of 120 billion and I just built a house. I just bought some islands in Mauritius and, you know, I travel every weekend with my spouse. I'm not saying that people of God don't do this, but I'm just trying to give an example. You know, they will so intimidate you. You know, ask them, show me the way now, cut soap for me. That means that spirit that is giving you soap to wash your eye, to wash your hand, to cut the soap for me. You don't know where it's from. You don't know that's where the quote is from. You know, we jump on trends, we don't know where it's coming from. It's actually, you know, all these people that go to native doctors to wash their body. It's cut soap for me. So, uh, uh, cut soap for me. I, I read one time when I was still active on Twitter, like three years ago. One guy was saying that he actually saw one of his guys doing what he said, guy, show me way. And when the guy now took him to the Baba, and the Baba said, bring pants. In fact, I think he, it was him that said that he now brought one pants, and the Baba told him that they've used this one. They've used this one's destiny. <laughs> yeah? And he broke down and started crying that, oh my, this is not the life he wants. I had the story of a lady who a man was proposing to sleep with, offering 200 million, was raising the offer. And the lady was refusing only to find out that the Baba had already told him that if he sleeps with this particular girl, that they can recover the life of his dying father. The devil doesn't give you anything for free. If the devil gives you oxygen, he will take your lungs. Yes. He will take your lungs from you. If he gives you children, he will take them from you. The devil doesn't give... Because he doesn't have the capacity to create anything. So he needs to balance the skill. He's only the father that can give good gifts out of the largesse of his glory. He can give you good gifts. And he will not even feel it. But the devil has to balance skill. Let's give and take. Let's use the law of seed and harvest. Let's take, give, take. So we can balance the skill. You know, we don't have a lot of resources in our kingdom. So let's manage. So give him. Take his treasures. Give him the money. Take his soul. We see that, right? So... When Cain founded the city, he named it Enoch. So we see the devil gradually building his own city. And so now this civilization we see is, the, is what we call the current world system. And we'll see how it, it, came, about, how it came about in its um, seed form. So, and Enoch was the father of Irad. Now, Irad means, and another thing, naming. I want to talk about naming. Irad means fugitive. Somebody will give birth to a child and call the child fugitive. It is to perpetuate the, the policies of that spirit over the destinies of those children. So he gave birth to Irad. Irad meant fugitive. Methus, um, and Irad was the father of Mehujael. Mehujael means destroyed of God. And Methujael was the father of Methushael. I don't know what touched this one. Methushael means who is of God. And then, Medusaiana was the father of Lamech. Lamech means to make low, to make poor. 
So you see the series of names. Now, some of them had good names, but the point is that through that naming strategy, he was perpetuating his essence on the generations of these children. Imagine a, a, a woman giving birth to a, a son, calling him Jabez, meaning sorrow. And Jabez prayed, Oh Lord, that you bless. What's this thing? This name has become a self fulfilling prophecy of, over my life. God changed my life and God changed his lot. That is why you see in the strategy of God, when we get to the call of the patriarch, we see that God changed Abraham's name to Abraham. That is the strategy of dominion. The, st- the strategy of self-fulfilling prophecies. Do you see that? So we see that same fugitiveness, that same um, alienation from God still flowing down through the family of Cain up until the fifth generation called Lamech. It was in the fifth generation that Lamech took the evil of Cain to another level. He introduced polygamy. It was Apostle Aromeo side that preached this message very accurately. Christ's civilization in every situation. He was the one that preached this very accurately. And I suggest you guys listen to it. But let me, I'll try to summarize some of the things he said concerning this. Right? So we see that Lamech now came on the scene. And I was like, ah, people don't marry one, one wife now. And he thought he was the one. His spirit whispered to him, take two wives. Because we, 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 with two wives, with polygamy, we can multiply quickly than those other people that are still following their God. Do you see that? With polygamy, you can give faster, you can spread faster than people who are doing one, 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 one. Are you seeing that? So that spirit came with another strategy. Let's pervert God's system, God's marriage system. We've tried, we've waited for five generations. Lamech, take two wives. Lamech stood up and said, You, you, come here. Give birth to my children for me. So we see that world system, that human civilization introduced by who? Lamech, who was the son of, the great, 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 great grandson of Cain. So we see how evil was declining. How the policies of spirits were being introduced on the scene and God's system perverted. So we see an attack on the marriage system. One man, one wife. For this reason, shall a man, a man, not two men in India, marry one wife, shall a man leave his father and mother and give her to what his wife? One, not the polygamy system. Because the polygamy system is, is a platform for a lot of evils, but at the end of the day, God will always find ways. To win, do you see this? Good. So we see the introduction of polygamy. This world system. So some of the cultures where we see polygamy, all of them are linked to this, right? It's just a combination. And now there's something I want you to see. Now, if you look at this, okay. Now I'll get to that point, and I'll and I'll, and I'll make that point. So he married two women, Ada and Zila. Ada gave birth to a baby named what? Jabal. He became the first of headsmen who live in tents. Now, pay attention. Remember that we see this occupation coming down from Adam and Eve. Farmer, shepherd, right? And then, of course, there was livestock. So, but Jabal was the first person Headsmen, do headmen, headsmen live in tents? They are usually nomadic. Right? 
But now this was the first guy who now turned this nomadic lifestyle into a business empire. So you see, he now arranged this headsman. I'm seeing headsman here. Headsman. Headsman. Boko Haram headsman. But he became the first of headsmen who lived in time. So you now see a certain wisdom in his arrangement. So he now turned it into a business empire. So a headsman were now living in tents. Right? The way Arome described it, he said, Jabba was the first person that came up with the concept of employment. So now that we can live in tents, we can employ people to work for us while we live in tents. That's why your boss will always live in the large places and hire people to. But I'm not criticizing the employment sector, but I'm trying to show you how this system developed from here. God, this was not God's original system. God had his own arrangement. And we see a sneak peek of that arrangement in the Acts of the Apostles. So men now started laying claim to empires. So this guy became a merchant. I have heads. I can do buying and selling. And I can employ people to manage my estate. So this guy. So we see. Now God also had a system of employment. So we now see the policy of that spirit. In, in creating a system of employment. Called trickle down economics. Right? The boss is there. and Right? So we live in tents. We don't care where these ones live. They just do the dirty work. We get the profit. But God's strategy is for everybody to be equally provided for. So, but we see this system being introduced here. This employment system we see today. But at the end of the day, God knows how to use this system to turn it for his own glory. But I'm trying to see, show you how this system, this world system came into being. So we see this employment system created by who? Jabba. Who, who is the great... The, who is a progeny of what? Cain. And then his brother named Jubal, the first musician, the inventor of the harp and the flute. Here we see entertainment. We see the introduction of entertainment. He was the first to invent the harp and the flute. And so we see entertainment enshrined in this, this place. He was the first. So that means that there were other people who came after him. Right, And so, that employment system was created to, to be as against God's rest system. Right? Now, in God's rest system, you are not working for money. Your needs are provided so that you can advance God's kingdom. So, even if God places you on the platform, it's not about the money. It's about the impact that he wants to make, the influence that he wants to bring through you into that system. It's not about the money. It's not about the salary. That's why sometimes you might ask God, which job should I choose? He might tell you, go for the lower one. Because there's something, there is a perspective he's trying to bring into that company through you. You are his point man in that place. But this employment system is, do it for the money. Do it for survival, so that we can live in tents. We are hustling so that we can live the life. But in God's system, we are working so that we can spread his kingdom. But in this system, we are working so that we can live in tents. We can build a name for ourselves. So you see the switching of it. So God's system is work to spread my influence. This one is work to live large. 
work to protect yourself work to save up save up for yourself and you know you don't have any other need again you just live anyhow you want but god's system is you enter into labor for the sake of spreading god's influence so we see the introduction of entertainment now god's original strategy for entertaining man is songs of the spirit have you ever woken up and you heard a song in your heart you heard the song in your heart that's god singing in your heart god desired that we were entertained by music what by making melody in our hearts to god by singing to one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs that was god's strategy for entertainment for having that you know moment of pleasure singing music and all that but we now see this guy creating the entertainment system as we see today and remember that all this was done in a place where god couldn't reach them Cain had gone far from the presence of God. So the civilization he was building didn't have an impute, what? From God's spirit. It was from that other spirit that created this system. So we have employment, we have entertainment. Do you know what entertainment means? The the word entertainment, do you know what it means? It means to enter the mind and to grasp it. That's what entertainment means. Anytime you are being entertained, right? You are being your mind is being invaded and taken hostage. Yes. Because the strategy of God in spiritual songs is that spiritual songs enter your heart to how did I, how did I put it? Spiritual songs are like nails that drives in the consciousness of God's love and God's power and God's kingdom into your heart. But this other one drives the consciousness of this other one into your heart. That is why when you listen to most of those songs, there is nothing in them that reminds you of God, His love, His faithfulness, His goodness, and His purpose for your life. It's about, it's about the body, the flesh. So which song, which song will you not listen to now? You will not hear baby, bomb, bomb, breasts, and all those plenty. Which song now? It is implied or is saying it said directly. So it's about making man very conscious of his external environment. While God was trying to make us very conscious of what? Our internal environment. His spirit. So this entertainment strategy was to keep man focused on the external. Right? To use music to elicit certain emotions to pioneer certain actions. That is how orgies were discovered. Orgies. So people gather in a place and then they play a certain song and people now have group sex and all that. That's part of it. In 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 response to the policy of that spirit, so that it, those spirits can have legal access over their lives and over that territory where that policy is being favored. Are you getting this? Is this clear so far? This is clear. Good. So we see the introduction of the a certain arrangement that God intended for man, but he intended it to come from his presence, his spirit, but this one was coming from another influence. So the way they were going about it was not giving glory to God. Because uh, if we go down to chapter 6, we see how that the world had become populated with wickedness out of this system, this world system. And remember that mammon was the strategy, deception, seduction, manipulation, blackmail, oppression. 
So to Lamech's other wife, Zilla was born to Balkin. He was the first to work with metal, forging instruments of bronze and iron. This was where weapons of war started coming from. So as against God's peace, let us prepare for war. Let us make weapons of war. Let us protect ourselves. There might be a threat somewhere one day and we need to defend ourselves. God was supposed to be man's defense, but now man now had to defend himself as against God's strategy. So we see the birth of the military and war. And it was from this, you see, because in conquering other nations, you need weapons of war. Right? So, and Tubakin had a sister called Nama. Said Nama means beautiful, pleasant, and Adam means to adorn. So, both entertainment, employment, and makeup. To adorn means to make up. Adornments. This was where the systems were pioneered here. Right? So instead of reflecting the beauty of God, right, we, we make up. This was all where it came from. So we see the arrangement. is a new arrangement of God's cosmos into a structure that would allow the influence of that particular spirit that was leading Cain, which was obviously passed down to his children. Right? So one day Lamech said to Ada and Zila, Listen to me, my wives. I have killed a youth who attacked and wounded me. Now you see that mother again from Cain, right? Who attacked and wounded me. If anyone who kills Cain is to be punished seven times, anyone who takes revenge against me will be punished seven, seven times. You see that? That one seven, seven, seven system. So if, if anybody kills Cain, will be punished seven times. So me that killed another. And there are certain other sources that said that the person he killed was Cain. There are certain other extra biblical sources, but that's not what we're depending on. But other Jewish scholars were saying that the reason why he said this is because he killed Cain. So, by mistake, actually. He killed Cain. And in killing Cain, he now said, okay, since I killed the person that God said they shouldn't kill, that means anybody who now kills me will not be punished 77 times. Meaning that I'll be punished 7 times. The person will be punished 77 times. Right? So we see that revenge cycle. And then, now there's something I need you to note here. How did he know that God had put a mark on Cain that anybody who killed him will be punished 7 times? How did he know? Now I want to point out something here. Now there was this, they had a tradition and they had an oral tradition of passing down instructions, beliefs, ancestral stories, values, family spirit, and inheritances for the sake of sustaining the unique family civilization. Now, this it, it was it was is the same too with Seth's line, and it's the same too with Cain's line. So, so it was a ritual to pass down the beliefs, the instructions, the traditions of the family, so that they can maintain the family civilization, so that they won't break it. It was a strategy. See, because if you don't pass down the family spirit, the ancestral stories, our values and all that, the other generation won't carry it along. So you see that the devil also depends on telling stories to pass down those policies. God also depends on stories to pass down his what? His word, his policies. So we see that strategy here. So are you following this, right? So because the, the purpose of this is we need to build a civilization, right? And so we need a strategy of storytelling to pass down these things. That's why it's good sometimes to, to, to look at some of the things we've received in the light of God's word. 
to see do, do these things sustain the, the policy of God for my life? If it doesn't, I drop it with the wisdom of God. Is it because for your family to demonstrate the beauty that God has ordained for it, you have to be aligned to God's own policies and strategies. So we see that human civilization, as we see it today, started from what? From Cain. And it was this civilization, I'm going to round up now. I'm going to round up very soon. And it is this civilization that went on to become what? Babylon. It was this system. So we see that Babylon is everything that is opposed to God's system. So the world as we see it today, hmm? the world that we see it today is, was inspired by that spirit, Satan, Mammon. So most of the things that we have even partaken with, we have partaken with, or how do I say it? We've partaken of, is that the English? Is this system? But now the beauty of the thing is that you know when Jesus came, He said, "Lord, I do not pray you take them out of this world, but that you keep them, and you know preserve them and all that." And that's why Jesus said, He said, "In this world, in this world system, you as a Christian will have tribulations, you will have persecutions, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world." That means that you will be in this world. Right, but for you to live your life and still be preserved, you need to leave it from the strategy of the spirit because naturally this world system is opposed to you. The moment you say you're a Christian, the world will hate you, its system will not favor you, and that is why God is raising men who will build his civilizations in different institutions. That is why God will bet from this place schools, apps businesses that will sustain the policy of god's spirit because a lot of these businesses and 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 systems and this thing already operates with mammon so while we are in this world we can receive ideas from god to establish institutions that that can allow us to thrive and survive because in this world system they promote their own so the world as we see it today God has judged it already because the Bible says that the prince of this world has been judged. So the world we see today, the world system is passing away because it has been concluded. So aligning with the world system is high treason because you come from a different kingdom. So when you operate with the principles of this kingdom, you are committing treason. And let me tell you, if you're a, Muslim, if you're a Christian and convert to Muslim, they won't take you seriously. Do you know that? They will still see you as an infidel if you're a Christian and convert to Muslim. They will accept you, but they, will, they won't trust you. Because they believe that if you can convert from this one to this one, they can convert you from this one. So they, they see those ones as second-hand Muslims, and they don't really take them seriously. So if you, as a believer, you have a kingdom, and you live according to the dictate of this kingdom, they will still not trust you. They'll be like, oh, I thought this one trusts his God. I'm going to He's following our way. He's using our, they're using our lingo, they borrow our lingo, they borrow our strategy, and all that. So, but that's what we need to depend on God's spirit. That's what we need to build schools. We need to build businesses, right, that can sustain God's policies because God is also interested in those things. We need to build systems that will take over the family system, education, marriage, politics, business, and all those places because the world as it is now is being ruled by 
Babylon. That spirit. That's why John said, love not the world nor the, or the things in the world. He's talking about the world system. This system that we are seeing that was built apart from the presence of God. Hmm. Okay. I think maybe next time when maybe next time I'll just I'll just go deeper into this series, but I have to round up on this note. Right? So we see that the birth of the, this human civilization, it was not God that gave birth to it. It was Satan. And he still tries to build that system today by looking for people who partner with him. The devil still makes deals with people today. In music, in politics, in business, in marriage, in everything, he still makes deals because he's looking for people who will sustain his strategy. That is why a believer must depend on the word of God for strategy. You must build your family and your marriage by the word of God. You can't be looking at the way the world is doing it. You see, and people people now say, eh, we Christians will now say, eh, can't you see this one? They're not believers, but they've stayed married for 40 years. Let me tell you, in their system, the way they are doing their marriage works for them because it is their system. If you bring that system into a Christian marriage, it will crumble. Because God's system and that system cannot coexist. I, I pay attention. People say, but what of these people are not believers, but they've stayed long in marriage? That's a foolish talk. See, their system favors what they are doing. Some of them have open marriages. Have you heard of open marriages? You can sleep with whoever you want, but don't bring him home. And his work is it looks mature. It looks it looks okay. It looks it looks um polished, you know, it looks it looks uh, civil, right? And I've even seen videos of people who this is their wife, this is their girlfriend, and you know, they make videos that my wife is not jealous, she's she's so mature devilish maturity even god when i did that talk about the jealousy of god you just realize that even you are claiming you are jealous you are not even half of what god can do jealousy god put the spirit of jealousy there not the perverted one to preserve the boundaries of that union so you now want to copy them and say ah, ah, why are you too why are you too petty please be mature so maturity is now defined by how much you see me doing something wrong and you don't call my attention to it just i mean we, are, we should be mature we should do anything we want with our friends and all that and i mean we see and you want to import that marriage strategy to your own a kingdom man and you expect it to work it will crumble times two it will fail woefully there is god's strategy of doing it love not the world or the things in the world this system is not ours Although when you align with it, you will, you will move fast, you will ball, it will be as if you are living the life. And you will see that they have a conclave of believers who believe in their system. And you want to now join their distinct. Because let, let us adopt some strategies from them so it will look excellent. Can't you, can't you see how excellent they look? Let's also adopt. There is, there is an excellence in the kingdom called the spirit. He has his own strategies. Too. Do you know that God can tell you how best to market your product without being manipulative? Because, see, hey, how can I forget? I wanted to talk about this, but there's no time. 
Listen. Remember we read last week about that spirit that whose operating system is mammon. We, we established that he, he was a trader. He was a merchant. But what was he trading? Now, let me talk about this. Look tired. Have you ever heard this? You should have heard this. You are the product. Have you heard it? Yeah. So, which apps do this apply to? Name three for me. Which apps do we use today that we are the product? What's that? Instagram. You didn't mention Facebook and Instagram. TikTok. You are the product. The app is not the product. You are the product. What about you is the product? What are they buying? What about you is the product? Which is idea? What is ideas? What is ideas? Tell me now. Your attention, isn't it? Your attention, not those targeted ads. Is for what? You are, you are the product. You are the product. They make money from because most of these platforms thrive on advertising. You are the product. So, the transaction that is going on is what? You. You are being sold and bought. Listen. And I can say this, that some of us, or some people, have sat down on strategy teams to give ideas on how to sell their fellow man. Can I say it like that? Those people that brought up those strategies for those apps when they sat down i mean it was all about making money but in the true sense of the word they were coming up with strategies to sell the soul of another human being that's human trafficking and i'm going to show you from the bible that that's what babylon trades on human souls apart from other things so you are the product that is why god has to give us ideas of products that will knock these ones out because it, it looks as if all of us are at the mercy of these ones. Now, you can't do, you can't sell your product without having a Facebook account. You can't. So, what if something happens to Facebook now? And you see that most of, most of them are led by certain people who, will, who endorse certain policies. And you see that they censor certain things on their platform. If it's a Christian thing, they will censor it. But if it's not Christian, they will leave it. So you see them censoring a lot of Christian voices who are coming up to talk about some of the evils they are doing. They censor you sharp sharp. They censor you. They will censor you. But if they are owned, they will not censor you now. Because you are trading. And the product is the soul. Your attention. As long as we can sell you ideas and take your soul, you are fine. So there are certain things you say and certain keywords you use it will flag it and they'll shut down your account. But use all those curse words and stupid words, you even have more followers. Am I lying? Yes, no. So, but we are not at the mercy of this kingdom. We have a superior strategy. That's why God is anointing people in businesses, in all these systems. God is going to raise schools. The most scary one now is that pedophiles are coming for our children. Um, in some countries, they are pushing for their own rights the same way LGBTQ people are pushing for their own rights. 
You don't know. They, sound, they have an anthem. And one of the words of their anthem is that we are coming for your children. They put it out there. Nobody censored it. But stand up and speak against pedophilia. They will censor you. Are you getting this? And it's as if some people look at this and he's, he's, doing, a, he's doing them as if it's film. The truth is before our eyes like this. And it's passing us. That's because the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine upon them. So most of those people who are championing this thing is because they are blind. Once the light of God hits them, they will see that they've been championing the cause of the devil himself. As I round up, Revelations 18. Revelations 18. Oh, please read it with me so that you won't say I'm the one that puts it there. Now, they, 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 they were talking about the fall of Babylon, right? And so, they were talking about the merchants, you know, the things, that were, the, the, the merchandise that Babylon was selling, right? So, in verse 12, they said the merchandise of gold, they were talking about the things that um, Babylon was trading, the things they trade. The merchandise of gold, of silver, precious stones, and of pearls, and of fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, fine wood, all manner, vessels of ivory all manner vessels of precious marble brass iron marble cinnamon odors ointments as if they've dominated the industry frankincense wine oil fine floor and wheat beasts sheep horses chariots slaves and what souls of men so your soul is a merchandise that babylon is trading so when you agree to those policies you are the product your soul is being transacted on that table for what price the true merchandise is the souls of men and that is what that spirit was trading kings we will talk about that very soon how that what lucifer was trading was king he was he was doing business with kings of the known of the then known world kings kingdoms Yes. He was making trade with them. Is it because all that creature received, the, the, the creation received was except of the glory of God. So he had access to certain dimensions of God's glory. So he was selling it. He was merchandising it. He was merchandising it for access. He was giving them certain secrets of God that they knew and he was asking them for their kingdom in return. We're going to get, don't, don't think about it too much. We're going to get into it one day. He was a trader. So when he came to Eve, he came with a proposition. It was a business deal. Because he was doing it in the realm where he was governing. And then he now saw this creature God created. He said, let's go and trade. Uh, this is a new kingdom. Let's trade this one. Is it because when people think of heaven, they think it's just one place. The kingdom of heaven is like the world. It has many. That's why the Bible says there are thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers, kings, kingdoms, elders. The, the, the heaven is like a world of a civilization of its own. And certain spirits have been given certain jurisdictions over certain places. And those certain places are representations of certain dimensions in God. For example, wisdom is a dimension in God. And God must have given a particular spirit dominion of, to oversee that dimension in God. So, for example, that's why whenever you see um, somebody asking for wisdom, you see, or instru- um, God is about to send instruction of wisdom, he sends Gabriel. Because certain spirits oversee certain dimensions of God. They'll be given authority. So, he was trading with them. 
because he had access. We'll get into that some other time. So it was the same trade that, that came to Eden and he came to buy a kingdom. He came to buy a kingdom and he bought it. What strategy did he, did he use? Mammon, deception. To get, what, what was he trading? He, was, he, he tried to get the attention of Eve to focus on his idea for it, entertain it for a little while. It's the same strategy that we see today. See, I said it last week. Somebody will come and ask you, are you happy in your marriage? Entertain it for a little while. Anytime you see that kind of thing, just pull your slippers and stone the person. Stone the person to get out of here. Yes. Even if your marriage is not going the way you want it, when that question comes, just know that a business deal is about to be struck. Are you... Did God really see it? I thought you studied psychology. I thought you were intelligent. Look at the synthesis of this idea now. Is he right? But the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our God. And so that is why we must be aware of what's going on and begin to align ourselves to God's policies. Don't take for granted that there is a 24-7 attack um, intent to destroy going on around us. Because we are in this world. God will not take, it, take us out of this world because we are not running from anywhere. We are, we are dominion creatures, so we ought to have dominion over that territory. And we use the strategy of the Spirit. That's why when God makes you a voice in that area, remember His policy. Remember the things He taught you in your secret place. Because that's how you bring about God's perspective on that particular matter. And don't be afraid of rejection. Don't be afraid to be dragged through the streets of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, they drag you, drag you, drag you and can't cancel you, cancel culture. That's why you shouldn't be part of people who do things like that. That's why when you hear, just mind your business, what are you doing? Don't go and be commenting and dragging people up and down. That is the world system. So we see how Mammon built this civilization. Deception. We see violence. Time failed me to get to chapter 3 where the Bible says that the world was filled with violence because the thoughts and imaginations and actions of man was continually evil. See how it declined from came to the whole population. And the Bible says that the only family that was right before God was Noah's family. The only family. The only that God could find still a family that was not touched by the world system. So you see that in God's strategy, He's always looking for a family He's going to use, a marriage He's going to use, an individual who will give Him His their marriage and family as a platform to spread His kingdom. All other families of the earth were against Noah when he was preaching the word of God, but he was steadfast. Because he had seen him that was invisible. And he moved with fear. The Bible said that he moved with fear. Having seen him. 
Mm-hmm. So when you start living the life that God has called you to live, people will not like it. Your friends might abandon you. They will call you names. But there is a kingdom that we are building. So note that anytime, listen, anytime you accept any idea, you are building the kingdom of the spirits that inspired it. First in your heart and then your environment. It was one person that woke up one day and decided that pedophilia was a sexual orientation. Eh? The same way some of us we are some of them we are born to love men. Some of them were born to love children, to be sexual attracted to children. And that it was is a sexual orientation. And that we can we can back it up by law. One day, one person will wake up and say that it is our right to kill our neighbor. We don't like your face. Kill you. And the law will support it. Anarchy. Chaos. Just Somebody will just sleep. And the spirit will do... Will cook soup on top of his head. And he'll wake up with an idea. How many of you have watched Inception? How many of you have watched Inception? You see how ideas are planted in the dream, inside the dream, inside the dream, inside the dream. You now wake up thinking it's your own idea. It's not your idea. It is not. It's not. It's not your idea. It is not your idea. And that's why we need discernment in these days to know, be able to differentiate what God is saying and what He's not saying. You see that we have work to do. Even us, we have a lot of things to remove from our consciousness. We have a lot of purging to do because God told me some hours ago, He said, the soul is corrupted through experiences. Yeah, that's how your soul is corrupted. The devil will be pushing you to have certain experiences. Just take a seat now, just smoke it, just experience it. And then you create a craving for that thing in your soul. And it's as if you no longer you, you no can do it against it. Just sip alcohol a little bit now. You're a Jew man now. If you know how many of my friends have been trying to force me to drink alcohol, I say God gave me a very strong one. If you will ever, eh? I don't criticize them for drinking, no. But they will bash me for not drinking. And uh, they are pushing you. Not be asking. Ma, just try this thing, say. I'll just try it once and, and, and just let it go. But you try it once. And then when you are depressed, the bottle will be calling you. It's, why, do you why do you think you call it spirit? <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't know. It's called Bacchus now. It's the spirit of wine. It's a spirit now. Have you noticed people who smoke? They're always broke, but they find money to buy cigarettes. Because the spirit of that habit will always give you opportunities to execute it. As long as you stay in perpetual poverty and, and, and fund that particular habit, you get supplies. You see friends who say, boy, I'm going to go drink. You don't drink today. They never ask you. You don't drink. They don't ask you. Do you have a business idea I can support? You don't drink. I'm going to go drink. No. Boy, drink up. This life. Any We support each other. And they, they, they have their own... Their life is doing well. But you are the point man for drinking. 
when they want to come and complain to somebody about what their wife is doing at home about mumu go drink and your life is wasting the day you die with a child that guy even be, be my deal but my life goes on they look for another person they don't know that the spirit is using them to corrupt the lives of the lot of people as i peer pressure for teenagers is a very big deal if teenagers are taught these things and they see it they won't succumb to peer pressure because sometimes the people that are putting the pressure don't know what's pressuring them. Even the people that bully, they don't know what's doing them. Have you seen that, that one of the strategies of bullies is to give you funny names, to beat you down in your mind, to make you think that you have no worth, no personal worth. They beat you down. They look for one funny name and give you. And they will keep calling you until you accept that name. They are beating you down with their words. The spirit is telling them. And that spirit is just naturally oppressive. I mean, it just wants to do wicked things. So for no reason. Just look at you going about your day. This one is smiling. You are smiling. Just look for something to just knock this one off his smile. What kind of yes yeah, smile is that one? See all those lecturers have said, because I didn't get in this course, nobody is getting in. Things like that. That's wickedness domiciled in the heart of a man that has refused to answer the call of God but it is God's desire for all of them to be saved so we see that we are in a kingdom we are in a world that two kingdoms are battling for supremacy and the contest is the heart of man God is a king of hearts and the devil also wants to be a king of hearts so God wields his influence on the earth through the hearts of men. And so the heart of man is the battleground. So we see that this human civilization, civilization as we see today, it was not pioneered by God. It was pioneered by this other spirit. But it's our responsibility to build the kingdom of our God. That's why you must be mindful of the things you expose yourself to, the people you expose yourself to, the kind of conversations you have, the things you listen to, the things you said before your face. Because see, one, the things you said before your face, the things you listen to, is building something inside of you. Like I said already in during one of our prayers, trees grow in men. Because once seeds are planted, trees will grow out of it. Some of the things that people are struggling with today are seeds that are planted. So with that framework, anytime I'm struggling with something over time, I, I just sit down and ask myself, what seed is bringing this outcome? And once I trace it by the help of the Spirit, ah, it could just be that it was a conversation. I'm telling you the truth. It could just be that it was a conversation I had with someone years ago. Years ago. Or something somebody said to me or something I saw or watched. It usually entered from somewhere. And then when you start rooting it out, some of them, because they've stayed over years, they need time. You need to root it out. Once you just root it out, you just see that those actions stop. And sometimes, by his mercy, his action of, the action of his spirit in our hearts begins to root out all those plants that our father has not planted. And then you find yourself free from all those shackles. So one of the ways he does it is by continuously exposing us to his word. And one day wake up and say, no, this is not me. Because you begin to see who you are in him. And you just break free from that mindset. So the devil use, uses mindsets, beliefs, and ideas to regulate our lives. The same way God uses his word. So that's why me, I'm very, I'm, I'm very, when it comes to ideology, for those of you that know me, I'm very fierce. I'm very feisty. 
when it comes to ideology. I might ignore certain things that somebody is doing, but I'm interested in your ideas and where it's coming from. I'm very feisty about ideas. And I'm very feisty about ideas I let into my mind. So that's why there are certain conversations I don't like to have. And certain times when I'm having certain conversations with people, my, my questions are a little bit introspective because I want to know who is talking to me. Because it's not everybody you're supposed to expose your ear to. You're not supposed to expose your ear to everybody. It's not everybody that's supposed to. In fact, if God opens your eyes to see what follows people, if people want to shake yourself, you'll be like, no, I don't shake people. You'll be putting your hand in your pocket like this. I'm not joking. If God opens your eyes to see the way it is, some people want to say hi, you say, shh, 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 close your mouth there. Don't even say anything. I'm serious. If you notice in the life of Jesus, he's always high. After preaching, he'll go and hide in the mountain. He knows what he was doing. But you just finish work. You still have to go to your house. You're thinking of where to go. You're going to traffic atmospheres. You just gather them. When you now come back home, those atmospheres will be treating your, your mind. Depression will come. You just remember that this person you just met, he has a Benz now. And you're still riding on Kada. You've been working for five years. He just started working one year and he got a, a job. And you just wonder where those thoughts are coming from. It's from those places you went to, those people you talked to, those things you set your eyes and you watch. They are dropping something in your heart and they are building a kingdom. They are building it. So as those ideas drop and you interact with it and accept it, you start to build a structure in your heart. It builds a mold and you begin to see things from that perspective. So that's why the battle is in the mind. So we see the kind of work we have to do. You see why teaching is important? You see why Jesus had to come and teach? Because he had to reveal a lot of things to them. So this teaching we are doing is very important to open our eyes to these things. When we sit down to teach, it's warfare we are fighting. It's not only when we pray. We will pray. To take care of certain demonic activities or influences. But when we teach the word of God, it's warfare we are fighting too. Because we are casting down imagination. We are changing pictures in people's hearts. And we are making them see what they are supposed to see. And cast down other things that are not supposed to be there. Why wouldn't the devil fight people who are doing it? It's expected. Hmm. There's more I have to say concerning this thing, but we have to stop. Next year, we'll create all the all the series we've done. We're going to create series for them particularly, and throughout the year, we're going to do them. And I'm even thinking, self, I don't I don't even know if I'm interested in getting a venue or something. I'm even thinking maybe the strategy we need to use is to be having these fellowships in family houses. So, like, the idea my, off my head is if most of you talk to your parents and they are okay with the idea, we'll write a timetable for next year. This Sunday we might do in your house and every other person will tune in, those who can attend. Next Sunday we'll do in your house so that we'll, we'll drop these things in family houses so that families will begin to catch the fire. A time will come when we'll now do a family congress with families that has given us access to their house because the, the plan is for every family to become a house of truth. The families we are from and the ones we are building. For these truths to dwell in those houses. Imagine if all your siblings are hearing these things. Imagine if. Imagine it. And so for those of you who your parents will open the door to us, we'll come. We'll write there. So this Sunday we'll do in your house. Everybody will tune in on Mixer Lab. 
and then maybe our conferences everybody will now gather maybe except and until god says get a venue where everybody will be gathering and all that but the goal is families it's not about building structures it's about building families that will become house of truth where the knowledge of the true god will reside so that families will begin to build alongside the kingdom of god to expand his influence Imagine you as a, a, a husband knowing this thing and you marry a wife who knows these things. Imagine the kind of children. Imagine the way you are going to raise them in the way of the Lord and prevent them from interacting with some of these things that will corrupt their lives the way some of us are battling with some things, trying to take them off our, our this thing. Imagine marrying somebody who knows it and raising, ch- raising children who knows these things. It will be easier for you. So, having heard this, you cannot settle for less. You cannot settle for less. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot. That's why one of the things you will do to your friends is give them access to... It's on Telegram, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Podcasts. Give them, let them listen. Let them start listening. Because the more people know these things, the more it's better for all of us. So that we have surround ourselves with people who, who when we come together, the atmosphere is... is is positive and so that when we fellowship we we drop or we drop with each other atmospheres that would sustain us not the ones that will start battling with us in the middle of the night and we are seeing funny things and all these things right father in the name of jesus we thank you for today we ask in the name of jesus that your word that your word becomes strong in our hearts and that at the end of the day we become more conscious of your love, your kingdom, and what you're doing in our lives and in the world today in the name of Jesus. And give us the wisdom and the grace to, part- to, to be partakers or to be joint builders with what you're doing in, in this season, in this last season, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, our prayers continue 9 p.m. every day till Friday. And then... Um, on Saturday, 6 to 7, and then we have 3.30 on Sundays. In fact, I think in October, we'll start midweek teachings because Sundays will not be enough for what we want to do. We're going to start midweek teachings. So that so there's another series I want to start before, before November, because November, we're going to be discussing the father's heart, the father's family, the father, and, the father and his family about the father's heart. So I'm thinking by, by October, maybe on Wednesdays, we'll now do maybe one hour teaching and we're going to start talking about keywords and tenses language of our covenant i'll start dealing with certain keywords that we need to know about so that in november when we're talking about this it won't be a strange thing to us so we're talking about things like holy blameless all those keywords you see in the bible and certain phrases and tenses and the kind of language that we ought to be speaking as believers right because one of the things, one of the one of the indexes to know the influence of a kingdom, a colonial master, is language. When they come with their, their kingdom, they come with their language. So, as the kingdom of God came, it came with a certain kind of language. So, it, people in God's kingdom talk a 